Hello and welcome to another episode of Chills, Shivers, and Goosebumps. I am your host, Victor. So it's a little bit after midnight now. I think we did pretty good from the last episode. I got a few positive feedback, so that kind of encouraged me to do another episode. So here's a story, not really a ghost story or any hauntings, but I just felt it was something really creepy that I can share with you guys. So this comes from Pittsburgh and this happened earlier this year around January 24th. If any uh, Pittsburgh uh, listeners out there know about this or heard of this, please write in, call in. Well, actually don't call in because we don't have a phone number yet. We are working on it to try to see if we can get a number so people can leave their voicemail or if not, for, but for now, just send us a recording through email at podnotavailable at gmail.com. So the story is that the police in Pittsburgh has be, have been receiving calls from residents from the south side that people have been hearing a baby crying or children asking for help. So the article reads, so the police are urging anyone who hears a strange recording in the south side to call 911 immediately. Pittsburgh police say they received multiple recent reports from people on the south side who say they hear what sounds like a recording of a baby crying or a child asking for help. On four separate occasions, officers have responded. However, they said in each case, they were unable to hear the sound or figure out where it was coming from. Two college sorority sisters who've lived on the south side say they feel they felt safe living there, but not anymore. We've been staying together and not letting anyone be alone, one sorority sister said. This week, they say they heard what seemed like recordings of babies crying and someone shouting for help right outside their door. Now, how crazy is that? You go outside to do your shopping or to throw out the garbage and you just start hearing a baby crying. It could be really creepy at the same time, but maybe someone has their windows open. The only one that kind of scares me a little bit would be the one when someone is asking for help. I mean, I personally, if I'm throwing out the garbage and I hear a little kid asking for help and you hear it from a distance, I'm not gonna go over there and try to see what's wrong. First thing I'm gonna do is call the cops and tell them what's happening. You never know what crazy person might be doing something to, to either scare you, to rob you, or who knows what they have planned for you when you try to be curious and try to find out. Be the only way you can help is by calling the cops because you just don't know. You know, there's some risk that you do not want to take going outside, hearing a baby crying. For me, the first thing that would pop in my head would be, you know, someone has their window open and the baby's crying, you know, so it's something that you probably won't put too much, too much mind to it. Or someone's walking with a carriage outside with the baby. I didn't find too many. Well, I didn't find any other updates on this story. This happened in January 24th, uh, earlier this year, 2020. If I find any other news, I'll keep posted. I just thought it was a very interesting, creepy story to share. So coming up, we have a story that was submitted by Sarah Anderson. She will be telling us her paranormal experience. So I grew up in an old home just outside of Atlanta. Um, it was built just after the Civil War, sometime in the late 1800s. And um, it's been in my dad's family for most of the time. Uh, my parents actually still own it, even though they don't live in it. 
And um, a lot of the land around it belonged to my family and was a big part of the Civil War. So we know a lot about who's lived and died here. Um, we know a lot about the history of the house in the area. Um, so I guess there are a lot of uh, potential ghosts <laughs> that could be haunting the house. But um, growing up, I had a lot of what I guess you'd call like typical ghostly paranormal experiences. Um, my mom said I was scared to play in my room by myself. I think at one point I told her there was a man in there. And other times I'd ask her why she was calling me, even though she wasn't. So I guess I heard someone calling my name. Um, just stuff like that. Um, I had one friend who was terrified to spend the night with me. Uh, she said she dreamed about my house before she ever set foot in it. And, um... Even our animals, like every dog we had in that house, would sit in one room and stare up at the ceiling in one particular corner. So, I don't know, I guess, you know, that was just all typical, like, stuff you see on TV. Um, but as I got older, there are two experiences that stand out to me. And they're not really scary, they're just really strange. Um, the first one... It started when I was about 10 or 11. I got up one night, and I guess I was sleepwalking, which is not something I've ever done. And as far as I know, I've never done it since then. But um, I was walking through the living room. I look around, and I see all these people. Um, they're, like, sitting around talking. And I can't hear them. It's like, the t it's like I'm watching a TV show on mute. And um, when I enter the room, they all turn and look at me. And I notice they're all dressed in old-fashioned clothing, uh, like maybe from the 1930s or 40s. Um, they've all got old-fashioned hairstyles. I remember some of the details on the women's dresses, stuff like that. Um, so I guess I kept walking down the hall or out back out of the living room, down the hall to my parents' room. When I got to their bedroom door... I guess I woke up or snapped out of it or whatever, and um, I remember thinking, oh, I must have been dreaming. Um, it's The details of whatever happened stuck with me for a while, but I really, I just wrote it off as a dream, didn't scare me or anything. So fast forward till I'm about 17 or 18, and my grandmother died, and I became really interested in her family history. And my grandfather was going through some things and found some old pictures that had belonged to her. And, um, or belonged to her mother, I guess. And we were going through them one day and he shows me one of my great-great-grandparents. I think it was their 50th anniversary party that they were having at the old house. And it was them and they were surrounded by all their kids and sons and daughters-in-law, and I swear it was the same people I saw when I was walking through the living room, same people who were in that little party scene I saw or whatever, so that that's always kind of freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I even remember the clothing they were wearing. It was all the same, so um, the other kind of thing that sticks out is my dad... Like, he doesn't believe in any of this stuff. And growing up, he was like, oh, you know, you're full of it. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not scared of anything. I don't believe in anything like that. And, uh, we had the same conversation about it over and over and over again. But one day when I was older, uh, probably an older teen, uh, we were in the living room and only the three of us lived there. My parents and me, I had no siblings. My mom wasn't home. It was just me and my dad in the house. And I'm facing the kitchen and he's got his back to it. And he's telling me that believing in ghosts and all that's stupid and whatever. So all of a sudden, refrigerator door, uh, like, slams open. Like, just, like somebody just pulled it open as hard as they could. And just as quickly as it does, it slams back just really hard. Like, it had force behind it. And my dad looks at me really funny. He said, is somebody in the kitchen? Was that the refrigerator? And I'm like, yeah. So <laughs> he goes running in there. Um, nobody's in there. He's like, okay, you're playing some kind of trick on me. Uh, he's looking for a string or something. Uh, there's nothing there. And, um, he, he was like, well, there's gotta be some kind of logical explanation for this, but I'm like, yeah, there's not. <laughs> so, um, we, uh, he, you could tell he was unnerved, but he still went on with his, um, with not just not ever believe anything I said. Um, and then, you know, eventually I moved out. So I didn't really have many experiences there after that. Um, and another thing that's kind of weird, my grandfather died 2015, I think, or 2014. And ever since then, I have not been scared to go in that house. And my cousin swears like his spirit's protecting us or something. But, um, yeah, because I, I just, I mean, even like at night, I used to be scared to go in there by myself at night and even as an adult. And it's just like all, all fear is gone since he died. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it or maybe I just grew out of it or something. But anyway, that's, that's part of my experience. And, um, I hope that's what you're looking for. Thank you, Sarah, for sharing your stories. I really enjoyed listening to your experience. There's two things I wanted to point out from your story that I was really curious about. First one was where you said that you were sleepwalking and you entered an old fashioned party. Like what I was thinking when you were telling that story, it's like, what if you weren't really sleepwalking and you had some kind of out of body experience while you slept and you entered this world of dimension where things are just repeating itself and you've managed to get into this world and what if you were actually there what if you were actually experienced that and you were seeing these people and they were seeing you and you know you were there at that time i mean it would be crazy that when you were looking through the pictures you somehow end up seeing yourself somewhere in the background in the pictures you know from the people that you were that you saw in these parties but you know that's just thinking a little bit more than than what actually happened but that's what i was thinking when you were talking about that story of being in this party the other one is about your great-grandfather dying in 2015. I mean, I have to agree with your cousin about him protecting the house. Sometimes I think that we don't put too much mind when it's something small like the door slamming or the fridge door in this case where you mentioned that uh, your dad experienced that, but he didn't really believe it. You know, the small little sounds or the, you know, the house settling. <laughs> Maybe it's something that sometimes we don't really put too much into it. You never know what could be there. And I know sometimes when, you know, grandparents pass away or family members, sometimes we do feel that that protection 
that they give us you know that they are still watching over us so it could be maybe that's why you don't experience it and maybe that's why you feel safer going in in your home you know maybe that's why it's happening that way and you don't feel as scared as, as you did before so it's maybe something that you know you just don't pay too much mind to anymore but that again that would be my personal opinion you know i'm not an expert at this i'm just kind of going by what i i kind of believe you know sarah i really appreciate you uh, sending your story and if you have any more stories that you remembered from your family home or any other story that you want to share please you know send it in if you don't if you want if you don't want to send an audio you can write it in we'll read it but audio would be great and thank you so i was looking for the other day to talk about haunted items people have bought at flea markets I, I really couldn't find any anything about flea markets haunted flea market items that were purchased purchased just a lot of ebay auctions that uh people claiming that they're selling haunted items anything from dolls toys candles you name it you can buy it off ebay see because a flea market is different some people sell their junk some people are selling stuff they bought off bulk from china and trying to make a quick buck out of it but for me like when i've gone to a flea market sometimes i would see like a storage box or toys or anything that you can i can i'm like oh man that's a great deal i can bargain it down for a dollar or 50 cents or some old comic books very little has it a uh, crossed my mind like what if something's attached to it you know we don't we don't know where those things are coming from we know the person there is selling it because they don't want it but have you ever put into mind like why they don't want it that storage wooden box looks fucking amazing treasure box let's say treasure box looks so amazing selling it for 50 bucks but you know you can bring it down to 10 maybe 20 bucks the only reason that person wants to get rid of it is because something's attached to it they don't really care if they'll sell it for 10 because they just want to get rid of it like for me i would never buy mirrors or picture frames or anything that could have glass to it because I just feel like something's going to be attached to it. I just feel because mirrors, mirrors are like a recording. You put it in your house, but it's constantly seeing everything that's happening in your home. It will capture those moments. It will capture those feelings. It will capture that energy. But if it's a bad day, if you come from a home that's a broken home or you're angry, you're mad, I feel mirrors capture all that. They capture all that energy and it just stores it. So mirrors for me, I will never purchase an antique mirror even if it looks so freaking cool because you just never know what's going to be attached to a mirror because of that reason for me that's just my personal reason i've never looked it up or anything if mirrors do do that but i mean mirrors are a gateway the one thing that did grab my attention was the was the ebay stuff like there's people actually selling haunted items and they're telling you it's haunted there's people actually bidding for it like I personally would never buy anything like that. I would never buy anything that that clearly says, "Hey, this is haunted." Same reason I would not buy a Ouija board. Like, why would I want to buy a Ouija board if I know what it can do? Like, one, I'm not gonna play with it even if I bring it home. And two, why would I will have it in my home if I'm not gonna use it? I don't care if it's a collector's item. I do not care if it's a Stranger Things Ouija board that sooner or later is gonna be worth an extra ten bucks down the future. No way. I'm not taking that risk to find my kid later on summoning a demon at 12 o'clock at night because 
she heard voices to tell her to play with it you know but it's just crazy that there's actually people on ebay haunted objects so the story comes from vice from january 3rd 2018 this is a 37 year old woman who sells haunted dolls and this is the description it says cleanse your home this statue is a haunted blessing maybe there is something evil lurking in the shadows maybe you are cursed it could be numerous reasons why you are having a spat or bad luck that is why you need to have protection and protection that works that is sure to get the job done so this person is selling haunted items for 199 dollars they're like porcelain dolls one of the auctions for Lillian's vessel it's over the asking price is 50 dollars these are items that supposedly are haunted and i mean she also i mean some of this stuff starts for like uh there's another thing here um it's a jewelry box for 25 dollars a robe for 80 dollars i'm just kind of scamming i'm just scrolling through the through the through the article but it's just like stuff why would you want to buy something that's haunted and then i came across too that in 2012 and this i didn't know that i didn't know this that back in the day ebay was full of full of amateur witches and wizards advertising spells hexes prayers and prayer circles but in 2012 apparently ebay had banned from people selling this like they just didn't want people buying this stuff then again who would buy that i sure in the hell wouldn't buy anything like that but it's crazy that people actually buy these so that's pretty much some of the stuff i found i know there's a lot of tons of stuff out there of haunted items haunted toys stuff people find in their attics you know antique stuff and stuff that's just gonna you know give you goosebumps but um let's uh move on to our next story the next story is from donovan barkman this time he wrote in a story um he uh sent submitted uh, audio files on the previous episode about the evp sessions that he had with his paranormal investigation group and this time he kind of told us about how he got started so let's jump on that hi victor and natalie i suppose it would be a good idea to tell you how i got started in the paranormal in the late 90s 1997 i think i was in my early 20s i went to visit a sick friend that had just gotten out of the hospital she lived about a mile and a half from my home in Cicero, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. I spent the evening with my friend and her boyfriend. We did not drink at all that night since my friend was still recovering. I was walking home from her house at about 1 a.m. and passed the field house of our local park. The field house was a large three-story stone building built in the 1920s. There were two large fences that extended from the sides of the field house and ran along the driveway. The main door had a large iron security gate with a padlock. As I walked past, I saw an old Polish cleaning woman holding a steel bucket standing at the door. The reason I identified her as Polish is that was mainly the population of Cicero from the turn of the century to the mid 70s. Also my older Polish relatives had the exact same look. I thought it was very odd that the old woman would be standing outside at the log gate at 1am. I kicked a beer can on the ground and quickly looked down. Then back at the field house, the old woman was no longer there. The security gate was still locked, 
the two large fences would have been impossible to get over that quickly for a teenager, much less a woman in her 80s. I felt a very cold chill run down my back. I couldn't explain what I just saw. I was completely sober and don't use any recreational drugs, so it wasn't a hallucination. I went home and explained what had happened to my mom. She went on to tell me how she had several apparitions in her lifetime. She also told me that she believed our family was more sensitive to paranormal experiences. From that point on, I started reading all I could about hauntings. I went back to the field house about 10 years ago with my wife and Tracy, the other member of our team. We sat on the steps and recorded an EVP session but didn't catch anything. Outdoor investigations are not normally done simply because there is so many environmental variables that lead to useless audio. If we can work out a time with our busy schedules, I would be happy to Skype in to talk about investigations, the equipment we use, or anything else paranormal. P.S. My theory about Jay Sarge hearing what the rest of his family couldn't is because he's a musician. In my experience, musicians tend to hear things differently and notice more subtle noise and pitches. I hope you find this interesting. Thank you, Donovan, for your story. It's pretty crazy. It just reminded me of the shadow people. I know you saw something. You had to see something. I can guarantee you saw something that night. You know, you saw, you see something, someone or something from a distance. And after you pass them and you take another glance and that person is gone and you looked around you and nothing is there. Like you said, she couldn't have jumped the fence. If the fence is big and even a teenager can't get over it, then nothing would have gone over it. If she ran away because she was scared or saw you or thought you was going to mug her, you would have still seen her, seen this person run. So I, I really appreciate it if you can send us more stories, audio, you know, anything that you can't share, you know, personal experiences if you want to share those too. But I really, so far from what you send, it has kept me interested in hearing more. And thank you again for submitting your story. So guys, thank you for tuning in and listening to this second episode. I really appreciate it. So I'm really sorry I haven't been up to date with the with the episode. This episode we should have been done weeks ago. After this one, I we get the other ball rolling for the next one. So we can get that one out as soon as possible. So thank you for listening. Thank you again. Have a good night. And sleep with the lights on.